Welcome to the Enlightened Musician Podcast, a podcast all about the music business and learning how to turn your art into an equally successful business, flipping the mentality of a starving artist into a profitable, sustainable career. Each week, we will interview someone that is excelling in their field and talk tips and tricks on how you can implement that for yourself. Because honestly, how can you know what you don't know until you've been enlightened? All right, you guys, welcome to another episode of the Enlightened Musician Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Light, and today I'm so excited to bring on my good friend, Steve Vito. If you've heard a lot of my songs that are on Spotify, you probably have already heard of him um, via his music because we work together a lot. Um, So let me give his informal introduction. He is a multi-instrumentalist and music producer who focuses primarily on artist development and production, film, TV, and ad music, and creating custom sample packs tailored for music production. So without further ado, here's Steve. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to have on my good friend, Steve Vito. You've heard his highlights, but here he is himself. Hey, Steve. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so good. I feel like we just talked this morning, um, especially because we are on a cell call each week with each mm. other. So I feel like we talk very Support often. group. <laughs> no, which I do love support groups. Uh, we have a music support group and we're on there about once a week. So we know each other pretty well, but is that's not actually how we met. Uh, how? How long has it been since we met? Uh, It's been two, was it 2018 or two and a half years now? Almost three years. My goodness. It's been that long? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, So I talked about in the intro, we've written a ton of songs together. So Steve is one of my favorites. There are a couple other ones too, so I'm not going to give anybody, um, but one of my favorite people to write with as well. So we've written a ton of stuff together. It just instantly clicked, but I think we did something. It was a 12 of 12. We were like 12 songs in 12 months. So yeah, just instantly clicked. But Steve is just like an amazing uh, pop producer. So that's crazy. Um, But I like that we were talking about you do pop music. But Mm. I feel like you didn't always start off in pop music. So let's just kind of go into how you became who you are now and where you came from. Where you came from. (laughs) Well, you know, my mother, (laughs) that's initially where I started. But uh, outside of that. (laughs) Yeah, me... um, you know, when I look back, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to me. But but uh, I, I actually come from a rock background. Like I was in and out of rock bands. Like I wanted to to do the whole rock star thing, and it started kind of as a kid. I I feel like growing up in my household, my my stepfather, uh, my my mother. Uh, my sister and my dad kind of influenced my, my musical taste. Three of them, my sister, you know, especially my stepfather and my dad all listened to rock music. And my sister listened to like hard rock music, you know, and my mother listened to pop music. And so like growing up, I kind of had that 75% rock liking and 25% pop liking. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how, how like it worked out that way and it made sense. But um, so, yeah, like I grew up just wanting to be a rock star. I want to be in a rock band. I love singing. I love playing guitar. So that started out as me, you know, first I I ended up um, getting a guitar from my uncle. That's how I first started learning how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad played a little bit. So he showed me some, some chords and, 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 and that sort of thing. Um, 
but yeah, like it, I just started writing music and pretty terrible music, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thinking back to it, you know, like that's the natural progression. I think of most things is whatever you want to do in life, you're probably not going to be good at it at first. <laughs> and yeah. then you got to work your way to get better at it. Um, it's the same thing. It was the same progression with me where uh, yeah, I have tapes, cassette tapes <laughs> somewhere of me first learning how to play guitar when I'm just this little kid, <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I should, you know, I was going to say I should, I should pull them out, you know, and try and to can put it in this segment right here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right here but then i was thinking how the hell am i gonna play a cassette tape <laughs> oh my gosh ironically i actually have like a cassette player in the other room um so if you send it over i'll make sure there we go i'll mail it to you so you, so you know how terrible it is uh you know if if you ever want to not sleep at night you can put that on right before bed <laughs> i'm excited we all have those though we all have them true okay. true like i i want to say the first song i wrote was a song called Fluff, and it was about a drunk cat for no reason except I about a cat too, not a drunk one, but a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore rocker. Yeah, yeah. There's something about like liking rock music and your first song being about cats. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like you kind of already knew your legway was gonna go. Legway, leeway was gonna go into kind of pop music, right? No. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it started there. I ended up writing, writing that bad music for a while until um, until probably about high school where I started um, venturing into finding other musicians. And so I found some other people online to be able to play with. And, uh, you know, I ended up forming the first metal band I was in. And, you know, by metal, I, I'll say back then I was heavily influenced by a, a band called Deftones and um, yeah um kill switch engage was just coming out and like i don't know like really like some 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 aggressive music um and so like that that's kind of where i started uh you know writing towards in those bands and in those bands like because i was the singer and played a lot of guitar like a lot of the actual arrangement and writing of the songs relied on me because you know at least in the first band I was in, it was me, a drummer and a bassist. So I, I was guitar and vocal. And then there was bass and drum. The other guys didn't really write. Like it, it was at the point where I, I'd have to go over the bassist's house when we had a song and I'd have to physically show him, okay, and now you play this fret. And now you go up here and you play that. <laughs> and now you go here and play that fret. Um, so, so, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of grateful for that though. Cause I feel like that helped me like learn arrangement and learn the foundation of writing and kind of, you know, how I write today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I was in a lot of uh, rock bands for a while. That, that was the first one. The uh, most no- notable band I was in was a band called Scarlet where, where we ended up doing some, some U S touring, which was, which was a blast. But um, we ended up recording this beautiful record, uh, I want to say we dropped, you know, at, at the time, $12,000 on this album to go record five songs in like the the same studio, Killswitch Engage recorded it and all that remains and all these metal bands that we were really into, you know. And uh, as soon as we got back from tour, the bassist and drummer dropped a bomb on the guitarist and me because I was only doing um, 
mostly just front man lead vocal a little bit of a rhythm guitar here and there but they dropped the bomb and they're like you know we kind of want to do other things in life so um we're not going to do the band thing anymore <laughs> we had literally just released the cd just went on tour got back from tour from it and we were going to start getting ready to you know uh, uh, send a bunch of stuff to labels and management and try to see if we can get something going and all of a sudden we have this gorgeous record that just sits on the shelf you know um and so it, it was kind of a crossroads i think for me because it was either try to rebuild that band thing with the guitarist and some other people at that point or explore other things and you know see where where i might land so for a little time there i ended up um do, doing voiceover work um as you guys can tell from his voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that rumbly bass that I have. <laughs> um, so I ended up uh, doing a lot of research on voiceover. And, um, you know, I probably did that for maybe a year. But there was still something kind of like missing in my life. And, you know, I, I was still working on like just solo rock music at the time. Starting to play around with Logic a little bit, you know, like just recording some you know, some some guitars and fake drums and stuff and just putting some songs together just for myself. Like it, it was really going to be an album that that I just wanted to release. Um, I always had this idea for called um, Tem Temporary Pain. Like like ever since I was like a, a, a teenager, I always had like this idea for initially it started off as like, oh, it's going to be a book <laughs> you know, kind of about my life and all the ebbs and flows. But then I was like, maybe I can make it like you know, a rock album since, you know, I'm doing voiceover. I'm not focusing on music anymore. You know, mm -hmm. um, I hit kind of a crossroads like a, a year in where, you know, I started having uh, some some sleep issues, some insomnia. Oh, wow. And it got really bad, actually, um, like scary bad. And like, I kind of took that as like the universe telling me, you know, you know, you're not pursuing the avenue that you want to pursue you know where your heart really is um and so i started putting things into music and kind of let let voiceover go because i i knew it wasn't the thing i wanted to be doing you know like i just music has always been in me since i first started playing guitar you know like it's just something i always just had to do and i know other musicians like yourself get that like you know that maybe other people that aren't creative types just don't understand, but it's just something that you just, you have to do. Like you can't picture yourself not doing it. Um, so at that point I decided, you know, I, I went to college for music pr production, but I didn't do anything with it when I first went there because I wanted to do the band thing and give, you know, that thing a try first. So I decided, you know, I already have the background in music production. So why not try to do some of that? And it seemed where the need was at the time for when I started in music production, like more seriously, was more in the pop realm. That's just naturally where, like, I started finding a lot of people and meeting friends. And so, like, I was like, let's just see where this roller coaster takes me. So I kind of started, you know, getting into producing pop. And uh, like, honestly, at that point, like, I was so ingrained in like metal, like, I didn't, I almost didn't know what was going on in pop, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> So I, I started listening to a lot of pop and what was going on and, you know, like really just heavily ingraining that into my, you know, into my daily routine, you know, just like understanding what pop music was doing at, at that moment. And um, 
you know, obviously at the beginning of that too, I was producing some pretty bad pop music, you know, because it was more, it was more like metal influence, you know, like one thing in my metal music that I always found myself doing is I got very wordy. And so that started happening in my pop where I'd get very wordy and not like good wordy, like <laughs> using big words just to use big words and like not really or like being being too what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like like too symbolic in my lyric and like and yeah, metaphorical and abstract and like, <laughs> you know, you know, those sorts of things. Um and you know, so obviously like anything, the longer you do it, the more you learn, the better you get. So um, yeah, it was just a natural progression because like I just kind of went where the music took me. And it's not that like, you know, I didn't like pop music at the time. Like, I mean, I grew up listening to pop music with my mom on the ride to school every day, you know, like I, I've always loved pop music, but I was just like, so in ingrained in metal music at the time because that's what i was playing like that's what i was pursuing you know um so when i started listening to pop music again i was like wow pop music actually has a lot of like almost darker minor chord influence in certain mm -hmm. styles of it i was like this is this is actually really cool and like those thick 808 bases like like i, I almost found like ways to relate it to be able to bridge the gap from rock to pop that like had elements of where I came from that I could kind of like build around, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I can definitely tell your influence. We've, we've talked about this a little bit where I kind of came from a little bit more of a rock background as well. And you can kind of tell the people within pop realm that kind of came from that influence because a lot of times it has more heavier, dark elements or has more like of a feel to it. Like you feel like the punch or the bass, like there's some kind of hit to it that I think only a rock background could bring. But I think it really meshes the two genres really well together. So I usually lean towards that. <laughs> I like it. Um, it sounds good. No, but it's just so crazy that you came from a full metal because, I mean, I've heard some of the screamo as well. Um, from that, all the way, like, if you guys get to hear some of his new music, and like I said, if you hear most of the stuff that I release, or Steve Vito, like, is the co-writer. So it's just a completely 180. Uh, 360, 180, get a full 180. <laughs> it's a full 180. We had to work that out there. <laughs> but, um, no, it's crazy. So let's, let's talk about what was, like, one of the first experiences you got writing for a pop artist or your first pop project like i want to hear about that how did that swing how did that go oh that was that was terrible actually <laughs> <laughs> so so when i first started writing pop like at at that time i you know i was almost thinking oh okay where can i go find more collaborators or more people in the industry so i started attending conferences mm -hmm. and i ended up going to this one conference in harrisburg pennsylvania uh oh. uh the the millennium music conference oh. And I ended up meeting kind of more of a singer songwriter pop mm -hmm. um, person. And she happened to be from Massachusetts. So we started talking. We're like, oh, let's let's co-write. And I don't know what I was thinking, man. But like, <laughs> like I, I had over I tried to overanalyze mm -hmm. pop music and how to write pop music at, at that time, like when I was first starting to do it. And so like I kind of analyze like songs on the charts and like what keys are they normally in and you know what this happens here and so like i i even like built out this like chart of like which ones happen how often and like all this like crazy like 
<laughs> like okay. not 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 just letting the music like happen, you know, but like almost like forcing it, you know. Like I I, I definitely agree. It's good to have like you know tools like that if you need to kind of pull things in a certain direction. But mm-hmm. man, like I was not doing it for that. So basically, she came over and we we had a session and i pull out this this sheet of just different chords i was like oh well you know these ones are the common chords maybe we could start there and of course like you know the common chords end up being like you know g c d or something just like boring chords so we start writing this song based around g c d you know and it's just this very bland mediocre song we're both not having fun <laughs> because we're just like writing from you know, a chord chart that I analyze, you know, of all these songs. And it just, it it was a bad experience. And let's say from that, like I've, and I totally feel bad for, I I don't, I honestly, I don't even remember. uh, I don't remember my co-writer's name, but (laughs) if you're listening, I'm sorry for that experience. I know it was terrible. (laughs) I know it was horrible. Uh, Please forgive me. Um, But uh, yeah, so I learned really quick, like, there's a difference between, uh, um, you know, having your ducks in a row and, and learning as much as you can about what you're doing and then overanalyzing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was way over that threshold. <laughs> but I think sometimes we have to go through that and do all the wrong things before we know actually how to do the right thing. So like mm-hmm. from that, was there any core values that you learned and you use daily now, like to actually put into writing? Like, how do you write now? What's the st- stereotypical format for writing with a new artist now in comparison to that so i think a lot of things for me especially since then and it kind of almost like hinges directly off of that experience but for me like i feel like if if you're not having fun you're not doing it right because Mm -hmm. that's that's why we all got into doing music anyway is because we loved doing it so you still have to have an element of that when you write songs otherwise it's not going to be a good experience so you know i try to approach sessions that that way too like don't get me wrong like i'll i'll come prepared you know with with stuff that maybe we can write to but i'm also not necessarily stuck so if we go in a session and i bring a couple things and we don't we're not feeling like writing any of those things like i'm gonna be like okay well then let's not do that let's do something else you know like like let's just see where the room today takes us and what kind of song comes out because chances are every time we sit down and write, we're not going to have, you know, a gold nugget at the end. But in order to get to the gold nuggets, you got to work that muscle and just keep writing. So, you know, sometimes it'll come from I bring a track and we write it and it comes out awesome. Or sometimes it'll come from we're not writing any of those tracks I brought and we're just building something on the spot. You know, like, I mean, I, I don't know, like I've just learned to be a lot more relaxed and go with the flow of the room. Well, I think too, especially you like to develop art artists. So it's kind of like if you just try to force upon them a sound that they don't want to be, I think it's pretty good that you actually sit down with, and I think especially as an artist, it's nice to sit down with someone that's like, all right, let's, let's get what you're envisioning and let's form a product, like a song around that. And I think that's so much more inviting to write stuff. So let's actually get into that too. I know one thing you've been doing a lot recently have been more into that vein. So is that where you're wanting to go in the future is kind of more development artist management kind of things or where are you wanting to go in the future? So yeah, like, like that's actually where my, my passion is, is kind of helping artists figure out 
what they want from their music and their career. So like a lot of what I like to do is, um, you know, a lot of times it's even like mixing and, and, and matching. Like if I'm working with an artist, maybe I'll bring in different collaborators into the session to see kind of like where the pieces fit and like what gets the best result or, you know, the, you know, the uh, best comfort, com comfortability, that's the word, <laughs> comfortability with the artists, you yeah. know? Um, so, so yeah, like artist development and kind of getting an artist ready to be kind of, you know, pitched to management potentially or pitched to labels or, or, or wherever they want to end up, honestly, is kind of what I try to do is I kind of try to be a producer, you know, like a lot of people think a producer is just making a track, but that's, that's not necessarily a producer. A producer is kind of guiding the process of creating art with the artists. And that's not just building a track. That's also figuring out what they want to be, what sound they want, where they want to go and trying to guide that direction into that, that place that they're trying to end up. No, I love that. I love that. And I, I'm excited for all the stuff that you're kind of doing. Uh, recently, we actually just started, or not just started, we formed an album for myself. And I've been loving that sound. And it has this whole like seamless feel to it. But I love that you always come to a session. And it's always like the idea is already kind of sparked. And it just, and it's off conversations we've had. And it's just, you know me as an artist. And I feel like anyone that works with you gets a product that it's like, wow, that's kind of seeping into my story in life. But to a fun pop electronic beat oh my gosh i love it but you you still are doing mainly pop and top 40 music though right do you ever like venture out anywhere else or is it pretty much in that realm now so you know i've you know like i was saying like i've i, I kind of followed where things took me and so like yeah i mean that's mostly where where i work in because that's where things are kind of coming in and i'm meeting collaborators and other artists and you know people within the industry kind of you know have more pop edged um artists for me to work with um but for me i like i don't limit myself either like if if someone were to come with the right project and it happens to be i i don't know an an indie rock project or something like that if it's something that i'm really like i really believe in mm -hmm. um I'm not going to say no to that project. You, you know, I'd love to work with, you know, an indie rock person that just like, it just catches me, mm -hmm. you know, but that's kind of what I look for though, is like just some, something that catches me. Um, and, you know, part of me wonders if, you know, a lot of it maybe has to do with vocal too. Cause that's one of the things that, that caught me growing up with rock bands is if there was an interesting vocal somehow, it would catch my ear and I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Like there, when I was a kid, there was a metal band called um, 36 Crazy Fists. And yeah. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> and, and they were like Alaska metal, which is interesting. But, uh, <laughs> but the singer had this weird like timbre and vibrato that he do with his voice. And that's the first thing that caught me about that band. And that's why I really got into them was from the vocal something about the vocal having a unique you know a, a uniqueness about it just kind of you know got me into it you know yeah no I'm, I'm always about a voice too i i love pop music but if a pop song can have someone that has like this just unique you can pick their voice out of a crowd kind of voice or like this uh, like grit in it i'm like ooh, love it it's like the yeah. 
know the best of both exactly mm-hmm. so i'm with you on that um i also want to talk about one thing you've kind of been doing recently and i think this is really cool so you've been like making like sample packs kind of go into <laughs> what is a sample pack which I mean, most <laughs> people here will know what that is but making one is a lot different than purchasing it off of a site. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. All you've been doing in that realm. Yeah. Like I actually never thought about, I guess, like, you know, I probably realized, but I never thought about how much actually goes into making one of those. <laughs> but so, so yeah, like that, that's probably geared more towards producers or people that work with music in DAWs. But basically, you know, a sample pack is uh, a bunch of different sounds that you can use in your productions, whether it's you know, uh, kick drum sounds or a bass sounds or vocal sounds or whatever it is that you can kind of just pull from the pack and add to your songs, you know, as you're building them. Um, so yeah, like I, I kind of felt like there was a need in the, the sample pack world and it was just because it was my own need. And, And that's why I was like, Oh, you know, other people must feel this way too. But I feel, I felt like a lot of sample packs were more based around um, a bunch of different sounds in one vibe, like maybe it's uh, a tropical. And so they have like maybe 10 kick drums and then 10 snares and then 10 plucks and then 10 basses kind of all in tropical. And I was like, but what if I just want, you know, a sample pack that does just bass really well? And I know there's going to be like tons of different bass sounds. And I know every time I go to that pack, I'm going to, I'm going to have the, I'm going to find a bass I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I did is I decided to build packs around one specific thing and doing that thing well. So for, for me, that started with base. Actually, it started with, uh, building an 808 pack. Um, so I, I built out 100 808s in, um, <laughs> a soft synth called serum. And then I also bound some out to, to waves. So if someone doesn't have serum, they, they can use the, uh, the, the, uh, the waveform in their DAW. And then that turned into me building a, a 100 vocal one shot pack with um, a singer, uh, T- Tara Louise, who I work with. And she's her. Stellar. Yeah, she's great. She has a project named Arcana that you should definitely check out. Um, and then I ended up doing another one that was like 100 rises and hits and kind of like transitional effects. And I'm working on one now for the end of the year that's going to be. Um, 100 uh pop plucks so it's going to be like kind of pluck sounds in that soft synth serum and uh you know i'll probably bounce them out too to wave for him so if someone doesn't have them but yeah like it, it just came about because i wanted to fill a need in my own catalog yeah and so i was like well you know why not release them too so other people can fill that need in their catalog so that's insane um but is that just like online or is that and like where do people get this because that's really cool yeah i mean it's it's pretty exclusive um if you go to stevevito.com like it's kind of not it's not everywhere so not everyone has those sounds (laughs) so so it's it's good yeah because like you know if you use you know those sounds in your productions you're you know pretty guaranteed that it's not going to be spread over every single sample pack website and everyone's going to have it you know so you're going to find some pretty unique stuff in there to be able to add to your productions. But yeah, stevevito.com is is where people can find that. Sweet. And I'll post that in the show notes for anyone that's driving. Please don't do it now. Uh, 
wouldn't that just be awful if we found out? Like, I was trying to look up the sample packs. I really wanted to see it, and I got in an accident. I'll feel so bad. I'll be like, I'll give you the pack for free. It's okay. Oh, I know. I'll get that one someday. Oh my gosh, I love it. So, like, we're just talking future. One thing we were talking about. So, we were talking about earlier in the conversation. We are actually on a weekly call, and it's one of my favorite things. Uh, it's a group of musicians and we kind of talk about our goals and what we're doing and we hold each other accountable. Uh, so any musician that's listening to this right now, it's always great to have other people that are kind of on that same tier as you kind of giving you examples, holding you accountable, but not, mm-hmm. but let's just talk about what's in the future for Steve Vito. Like what's some goals, what's some things that you're like, this is next for me. Um, he's like these questions. <laughs> so so yeah for for me is um you know one thing i'm always on on the lookout for is uh you know new artists that kind of are looking for development help um and production help and you know co- collaboration help i'm always willing to listen to music so you know if anyone out there wants to send me some music um feel free i'd, I'd love to take a listen um so yeah i'm always on the hunt for you know developing more artists. And also I'm, um, actually with you and, and some other people in some of the, the, uh, the, the groups that, that we're in, um, and working on a lot of different sync projects, which I'm getting more and more into that realm as well. And for, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, sync is film and TV, uh, um, or, or music set to film and TV. I, I was going to say film and TV music, but not necessarily because okay. regular songs can be used for it too, depending on what the placement is. But, but yeah, so um, I've been getting more into to sync work. So yeah, I mean, those are a couple avenues that um, I'm really starting to invest a lot more time in. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm following where kind of the journey is taking me and that's kind of where it's, uh, where, where it seems to be going. It seems to be trending, especially in a, yeah. you know, in a coronavirus year where not everyone's getting out. It seems like everyone's kind of <laughs> finding right. other ways. But I mean, we've done okay. Like we were talking about the sync thing. Uh, you guys are going to be so excited to see, we did an ad for a children's dental placement, man. <laughs> one of our coolest songs of the year so that's coming towards you soon i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) and we're animated (laughs) we are animated i won't lie that's kind of like my dream come true oh we made it (laughs) (laughs) i love it well this is one of my favorite questions to ask and i'm actually going to ask a two-parter because Mm. i think it can go for two things so at the very end this is a music business music uh just enlightenment of learning and growing your business. So the first half, I'm going to ask if you could give any advice to producers that are either starting out or trying to get to the next level, what would be something that you would give a piece of advice that maybe you wish you had known growing up? So for me, it's don't just throw money at it. (laughs) So when I started producing, you know, obviously, like I said, before I wasn't very good because it took time, you know? So I started buying like newer and bigger and better plugins, but yet my productions weren't any better. Like, yeah, like maybe the synth sound sounded better, but you know, some of the arrangement and some of the things that, you know, should have been in there weren't really right, you know? Um, So I spent a lot of money up front when really what I needed was time. So if I could, you know, be be talking to up and coming producers, there's no substitute for time. I know you want there to be, I want there to be still, but there's no substitute for time. How much time you invest is how good you're going to get and how quickly, 
you know, so that's really what it comes down to. So throwing all the money at it that you can and all the fancy plugins that you don't know how to use at the time, like, isn't really going to help you. Yeah. Like I said, that synth might sound a little better now, but what if the arrangement isn't there yet? Because you're just not, you know, proficient at arrangement yet or at, you know, writing chord progressions or complex chord progressions or whatever it is or, or key changes or, you know, so that's the one thing. There's no substitute for time. You know, make yeah. sure you invest your time and, you know, it, it, it'll it come. Don't give up, but there's no substitute for time. I know. I think the 10,000 hour rule really does apply where you can't really be proficient at something until you do it over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I know when I was uh, growing up doing music, there was a lot of times where I was just like, why is this not, why am I not a superstar right now? Yeah. And like, I listen back to some of the stuff now uh, years ago and I'm like, why am I not hitting it big? And I'm listening. I'm like, that's why. Um, <laughs> exactly. But only with time can you see that. And I, I just see a big, huge difference. Um, the other part of that question, since we asked about producers, I want to ask a question. Um, what would you give advice for artists that are looking for a producer or just like signs that that should be someone you should work with or just a scenario of what they should experience with working with a producer and finding one? So I, I think initially it's, it's okay if you're not ready yet. Um, you know, so many people, like when they just start out their artist career, like maybe they haven't, you know, written enough songs to get pr proficient or, you know, you know, again, going back to going back to time, but it doesn't mean you have to run out and start blasting a bunch of managers and a bunch of publishers and a bunch of labels when maybe your songs aren't that good. One, be honest with yourself and two like you know invest the time you know like there's a reason they say once you get to a you know a certain point you know people start coming to you yep because it's it's kind of true like i mean once you you actually have something established and like a sound that people are gravitating towards you know then it's a lot easier for people to open your email and listen and take you seriously and you know those sorts of things so like don't feel the need to just blast people when you first start out about you know sign me sign me i'm good sign me sign me be honest with yourself are you really that good you know and it's it's probably even good to get feedback from an unbiased source that will be honest with you like i mean yeah you don't want someone to hurt your feelings but at the same time you want someone to tell you like okay, you, you need some work, you know, but yeah. you know, I can definitely hear the potential there, you know, what, whatever it is like, but don't, yeah, don't be afraid if you're not ready. It's okay. No, I agree. And I think, um, a lot of times there's a lot of advice given and because people take money, they just want to sell you on things that aren't true. But I think that's one of the best advice. Take critiques. If someone tells you something isn't good, maybe look into it, get it mm -hmm. from multiple sources. And I think that's the best way too. if a producer that you're working with will be able to tell you, like, they're not going to just take your money. And I know Steve is like that too. He'd say, you need, need to maybe do that part over again, or actually we need a better take. Cause there's not really showing a much, uh, either emotion or it would be better for mm. like getting a producer that can say those things will go a long way because they want the product to be good as well because their name's on the line. So working mm -hmm, with people exactly. like all those things. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like, like that's, that's another thing too, is, um, you, you were saying, um, you know, getting from multiple sources, like that's one thing I've found too. Like, you know, sometimes critiques can be interesting because someone will say, 
I love your course. And another person will say, I hate your course. <laughs> what I find is when you get multiple critiques, if you're hearing a lot of the same things, yep. then there's probably something there. So if people are saying, you know, you've heard multiple times, your choruses need work. Well, then maybe you should think about looking at your courses, you know, because they need work. <laughs> exactly. Nah, I, I think that's completely correct. I like how I'm like looking to make sure I've asked you everything <laughs> I could ever ask you. Me and Steve talk all the time. We could talk about a whole bunch of different topics. Maybe <laughs> on. I think it'd be cool to bring you and a couple other producers on and we talk shop about some stuff later. Uh, a producer roundtable. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be um, sweet. I'm thinking about it. So I like how I've just like pepped that up and I'm putting this on the air. So it's been put into <laughs> the uh, universe. To have now it. you have to put it together. I know. I love People it. People are hearing it. Nah, but I really enjoyed having you today. It's just, like I said, awesome to have you, but let's like actually tell people where they can find you. If they want to find you, find your sample packs, work with you, which by the way, I highly endorse working with Steve again, most all my songs that are on Spotify are written and co-written and produced by Steve. So let them know where they can find you. Yeah, you know, um, I'll I'll start by saying like definitely thanks for having me on here. Um, it's it's been fun. I I love love writing together. So you know we could like you said chat for hours about whatever. Could chat for hours about cats. But yeah. Uh, I love <laughs> but yeah, if people want to send me music or you know ask any questions or anything, um, stevevito.com. Uh, you can find some of my stuff up there, the sample packs up there. And also if you want to email me, steve at stevevito.com, uh, feel free. Like I said, send music, send whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to listen. Oh my goodness. You guys, thanks so much for listening and thanks Steve for being on today. It's been a pleasure. As Thank always. you for having me. <laughs> I'm sure I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Enlightened Musician podcast. Make sure to visit our website, theenlightenedmusician.com, where you can subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll never miss an episode. Until next time, this is Lauren Light. <laughs>